good stuff. Well, hey, before we get started, I need something from everyone in here this morning. I know that it's the middle of July and summer is almost over. I mean, think about it. Think about it. I mean, August is almost here and then as fast as June and July have gone, August is gonna be gone and then September and it's fall, right? I mean, hey, school's starting back up. Right? <laughs> That's a way to start off a sermon, isn't it? But hey, no, so I know it's the middle of summer. I know we're in vacation mode. I know we're thin this morning because we got so many people on vacation. I know you're tired. I know it's hot. But let's be excited that we're in church this morning, right? I was just talking, me and Alice were talking. We're like, man, it's like we're all tired and sleepy and on vacation mode. And I was like, I know, right? I was like, that's the way it feels right now, but it's good stuff. We're in church and God's gonna speak to us and we got good stuff to happen here this morning, right? And worship was great and God's already been here. It's good stuff. If you need to get up and walk around, feel free to do that. Go get a coffee, right? Smack your neighbor, do whatever you need to, but get excited um, that God's here and speaking to us. And so, well, hey, uh, we're gonna continue with our Holy Spirit sermon series. Um, We are gonna continue with that uh, this morning. This is um, the fourth week that we've spoke on it, the fifth week that we've been in this series, and um, it's, it's been a great series, super excited about it, and uh, Pastor Fred's going to be continuing in it next week, and I'm super, super excited about what God's doing uh, in this series. We're going to continue it through August, and um, there's going to be some things that we're going to speak directly to about us moving um, to Saturday nights, and what I feel like God's just given us as opportunities here as a campus, and so we'll be talking through those in August um, in the context of uh, the Holy Spirit sermon series, but that's what we're going to be doing, and then September we'll probably be starting a whole new series once we do that. So that's kind of where we are and where we're going, um, and uh, just wanted to give you that information. Also, you know, uh, if you haven't heard this yet, we've started something new, so just to keep saying it, if you go to your Bible app, um, if you have the Bible app on your smartphone um, or your iPad or whatever device you might have, um, you can go there and find the notes, just click on more, and then go to live events, and then you'll see the City Life Church there, and you can follow along with the notes this morning and scripture verses. Hopefully you've enjoyed that. I asked everybody to give me your feedback, and I only had one person do so, so thank you to that one person. Um, but anyway, so, um, so I know, I just messed up, I know, I've got issues. that's good well in John chapter 16 verse 7 this is the verse that we've uh, kind of been looking at periodically and helping to lead us in this sermon series in John chapter 16 verse 7 it says this but in fact it is best for you this is Jesus speaking of the Holy Spirit and he says but in fact it is best for you that I go away because if I don't the advocate won't come If I do go away, then I will send him to you. This is Jesus speaking of the Holy Spirit. Jesus is saying he is present with his disciples. He's walking with his disciples. He's eating dinner with his disciples. They're having fun, hanging out, doing life together. They're enjoying it. They're like, dude, we're chilling with the Son of God. And Jesus says to them, it's better that I go away because the Holy Spirit will come when I do. And so as we've been talking through this sermon series and walking through it, we've been defining the role of the Holy Spirit in our lives. But one of the things that we've been keep just kind of getting to is, is a lot of times when it comes to the conversation of the Holy Spirit, we get a little bit timid or uneasy or uncertain, or we don't really want to jump full in on that conversation because of past experiences or because of misunderstandings or because of bad teachings or bad practices in churches. And so we kind of get a little bit timid, but we want to be encouraged 
that the Holy Spirit is an important, has a, an important role in our life and that we are desperate for the Holy Spirit to be active in our lives. Jesus himself told us that it's something that we should look forward to and be excited about that he is there with us. It says this in Zechariah chapter 4, verse 6. Then he said to me, this is what the Lord says to Zerubbabel. It is not by force nor by strength, but by my spirit, says the Lord of heaven's armies. Zerubbabel is getting ready to build this, this, this rebuild uh, in Jerusalem. And he's got all of these things going on in his life. And he's got this big challenge that's before him. And Zechariah says to him, listen, this is what God says to you. It's not about your strength. It's not about your knowledge. It's not about your abilities. It's not about your giftings. It's not about your resources. It's not about who you have around you. It's by my spirit. The activity of the Holy Spirit is something that we need in our lives. His power is what gives us the opportunity and the ability to live the life that God's called us to live. We're desperate for the Holy Spirit. We want the Holy Spirit. We want to talk about the Holy Spirit. We want to experience the Holy Spirit. We want to be aware that the Holy Spirit is present and the Holy Spirit is real and the Holy Spirit is in our very first week, we talked about the Holy Spirit, his role and function in our lives. And we looked at the fact that our understanding of the Holy Spirit has a tremendous impact on our Christian living. Wayne Grudem defines the role of the Holy Spirit in this way. He says that the, the, the Holy Spirit's job is to make evident the active presence of God in the world and especially in the church. That the Holy Spirit helps us in our Christian living, in our daily living, to know that God is with us, that he's present with us, that there's moments when we're driving along in the car and then a certain song comes on the radio and then we just begin to cry or we begin to kind of just get this like, like whoa, what's going on here? Because we sense and just feel that God is with us. It's the Holy Spirit working in our lives. It's knowing that I need water and then God providing somebody and speaking to somebody to do that, right? So, and I'm going to take in that real quick. You're a beautiful person. So the Holy Spirit has a role and function in our lives to make evident the presence of God. Further, we went into that and it's deeper that understanding that is important. It changes and affects everything that we do. That his role is to work in our lives to let us know that God is present. And in doing so, that as we live our lives out for God, then it helps others to see and to know that God is present in their lives and situations as well. That's the role and the function of the Holy Spirit. Then we went a little bit deeper into, um, and I, I got a little bit deep, super deep on scriptures and all of these things on theology, but it was fun to walk through and to look at. Maybe it was just fun for me, but to walk through the Trinity, that the Holy Spirit is God. That we believe that the Holy Spirit is one of the three persons of the Trinity. So we walked through and talked about what the Trinity is. That the Trinity, we believe, we believe in as, as a church, we believe as Christians, we believe that the Trinity is this, that God is one person who has shown himself, to, or we believe that God is one God who has shown himself as three distinct persons. They have always existed and they have always been God and there is one God. So each one has its own role, has their own purposes and own functions in our lives. And that affects everything that we know and that we do. It affects the way that we fellowship and do community and life together. It affects the way that we pray. It affects our confidence in being able to follow God. In Romans chapter 5, we go through and we can clearly see the role and the function of each person of the Trinity. That as we follow 
God's will through Jesus Christ, that the Holy Spirit is revealing God's love to us to make us sure that we are his, that we are known by him and loved by him. So when we face trials and tribulations and struggles, that we're able to find confidence and strength in those things, that we can actually find joy in the midst of our trials. That, that, that understanding that God is just, he's a triune God, that he's a majestic God, that he is a powerful God, that he is mysterious, that there are things that we don't understand about him and the way that he functions and the way that he exists, that those are good things, that we can embrace those things. And as we fully understand that, it gives us a clear view of who God is and how he works in our lives. And last week we took time to walk through, if those things are true, to look at the reality that as the Holy Spirit is present in our lives and revealing God's presence to us, that we can uniquely understand that God cares for us, that God speaks to us, and that God has a plan for us. That in our worst of moments, that we can call out to him as Father. In our biggest moments of need, that we can call to him and say, God, I need this. I need your help. I need healing. I need provision. I need your care. That in moments of uncertainty, he can give direction. That in moments of desperation, maybe we don't get all the answers we need. Maybe we get the answer that we don't want to get, but we know and we can sense and be aware of the fact that God is there with us. So we took time to go through and to pray and to have God's word speak to us and to encourage us. Because it's important for us to see, as we talked about last week, that God is actively at work in our lives, not just to help us in our situations, not just to help us with our stuff, but God is active in our lives so that we can live. So that we can live full lives, so that we can know that God is with us, so that we can know that God is present in our stuff. And knowing that helps us and encourages us to live lives full on. But here's the problem and here's the reality with that. Is that when we walk out, there's decisions to be made, right? We can walk out of here encouraged and, and, and excited and just be like, man, oh man, God's with me. And I, I worshiped this morning and I felt like God just spoke to me. Or I, I just felt his presence in such a huge way. But then we walk out and some point during the week you had a decision to make. Have you ever noticed that even in some like the smallest of moments... The necessity of making a decision in itself can ruin everything. Have you ever noticed that? Like, have you ever been in a situation where you wake up in the morning and you're just like, all right, I woke up a little bit before my alarm. Things are pretty good and I'm actually like not groggy and I don't want to like, you know, shoot anybody right now. I'm okay. All right. And so you get out of bed and you go and you, you brush your teeth or do whatever your, you know, your next step is. And, and then you go and you start making the coffee. You just kind of, you do the things that you don't even like, they're just responses, they're reflexes, Right. You know what I'm talking about? You find yourself at the coffee pot and you're putting the, the, the grounds into the filter. You're not even thinking. You don't even know what you're doing. It's just a motor response, right? You're just like, I don't even know what's going on right now. I'm still kind of asleep. You're going through and you're doing those things. But then all of a sudden you find yourself in a moment where you've got to make a decision. What am I going to eat for breakfast? Right? You're just saying, what am I going to eat for breakfast? Now, I'm going to eat cereal. And then you got to decide, do I want Lucky Charms? Do I want Fruit Loops? Yes, those are the cereals that I picked through, right? <laughs> I'm thankful that I have kids. When I don't have kids, I'm going to ask them to have grandkids so I can keep those cereals in my house as long as I can, right? So, you know, like, I'm, do I eat these things, you know? Or do I eat eggs and bacon? 
You know, or do I just pick one or the other? The answer is always both. I know that. But then I got to, but do I want to cook the eggs and bake? How am I going to cook my eggs? Do I want them over easy, over medium? Do I want them scrambled? Do I want them fried? Do I want cheese on them? Yes, I always want cheese in my eggs, right? But then I don't know if I want to clean up. Like, who's going to clean up? Michelle's not going to clean up after me. Do I really want to go through and cook all of this stuff and then have to clean everything up? Don't laugh. You know, you've been there, right? You've been in these moments. And you're sitting there just like, ah, do I want to do that? I don't know if I want to do that. And then you're back, you know what? I think I'm just going to go with cereal. Man, I still don't know what cereal was. Maybe I'm just going to go with a granola bar. But I know what a granola bar is going to do to me in a couple hours. So I don't know if I want to go with a granola bar. So I just, I'm just not going to eat breakfast. I'm just tired. I'm just going to give up on the day already. I'm frustrated, right? Have you ever been there? Have you ever been there? Those moments where you just got to make a decision on something, you know? I go through my life. I make decisions all day long. I make decisions for other people all day long. And there's moments that I wanna go through and I just don't wanna make a decision. I just want somebody to make a decision for me. I want somebody to tell me this is what you're doing. So then I can decide if I wanna do that or not, right? <laughs> so like, you know, I mean, that's just the way it is that we get in these moments and, and, and that's just the way it happens. But isn't it funny, like we find ourselves in those moments sometimes in life. That's just the way it goes. But when it comes to our relationship with God, that's how we treat our relationship with God on a constant basis. Then we get in these moments where we say, I, 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 God, I, I've got to make this decision. Am I, am I going to do this, what I feel like you're calling me to? Am I going to do this, what I believe that you've spoken to me to do? Maybe you've revealed this to me in your word, and, and this is something I know that I should do. God, am I going to do that, or am I going to do this? Or maybe just a life situation happens and, and you get a job opportunity revealed to you and, and something happens. You're like, should I take this job or should I not take this job? You've got a decision to make. And we find ourselves in this place where we say, God, why do I have to make a decision? God, why can't you just tell me right now? Can you just write it on the wall? That'd be really awesome. Can you just have somebody call me right now? I'll tell you what, I'm going to take the job if in 10 seconds somebody calls me and says, hey, God spoke to me. Right? Have you ever been there in those moments where you're just like, I want somebody else to make this decision. I don't want to make the decision myself. And you find yourself because you're not wanting to make the decision or you're unsure of how to make the decision. You find yourself discouraged and disgruntled and frustrated with God. You find yourself saying, God, why did you put me in this place? God, why are you opening opportunities? God, why are you making doors open for me? God, why are these things? I don't want to make decisions. You're supposed to do, you're God, right? You're supposed to just tell me what to do. And that's not the way that it works. And we get frustrated by it. We get discouraged by it. And we get just in this place where we just say, man, I just don't understand what's going on. I don't know what God's doing. I don't know why he wants to do this. I'm not sure what I'm supposed to do. I've talked to all my family. None of them have a clue on anything as normal. And I talked to mom. She said not to. I talked to dad. He said to do it. And then I talked to grandma. And grandma didn't even talk about what I talked about. I don't know what to do. I'm just unsure. I don't know what to do. I'm just, God, what are you doing? Or it's even in a moment where there's something tough that's happened in your life. There's a situation that's just, just, just there in front of you and you don't know what to do. And you know that if you don't deal with it, it's not going to go away. And sometimes we just make the decision to not deal with it and just ignore the fact that we're dealing with it. Right? Because we just don't want to decide. We don't want to deal with it. And we just would rather God just pop in and say, here, this is what you're supposed to do. This is what's supposed to happen. See, sometimes it's super tough to deal with the reality that God is a God who can be known, but yet at the same time, he's a God who is a mysterious God who can never be fully known. 
It's difficult to live in this relationship with a God who says, my ways are higher than your ways. God's saying to us, say, listen, there are things that you think are right, but I'm telling you they're wrong. And you're not gonna fully know they're wrong until you're deep into it and you realize that it's wrong. You're like, God, that doesn't help me out. That is not the way things should work. Like, I mean, just tell me what to do. I want you to do that. I need some clarity on what you want me to do. But it's important for us as followers of Christ to not run from those moments where things are uncertain, to not get frustrated and discouraged in those moments when we don't know what to decide or what to do. When we feel like we're just like, man, I, I'm faced with something and I don't know what to do with it. I, I've got a decision to make and I believe that God's leading me to make this decision or I've got to make a decision to be able to be open to what God has for me and I don't want to do it. I don't know if I can do it and I don't know if I'm gonna like the answer. It's easy for us in those moments to turn from those situations and ignore them or to just blow by them or to get frustrated in them and to use those as reasons to justify our lack of faith in God. But it is an important moment and there's something beautiful when we embrace the mystery of God and choose to trust him in those moments. Father, I just pray in the next few minutes God, that you will help us to embrace your plan and your purposes for us. God, that we be open to the fact that you are a God who speaks and you're a God who leads. You're a God who has a dream, a plan, a hope for each and every one of us. God, that in your internal plans and purposes, you placed us here, now, and this time on purpose, for a reason. And God, there's moments where we find ourselves confronted with fear. There's moments where we find ourselves confronted with frustration, uncertainty, and mystery. We want things just taken care of. We want things just done for us. God, this morning, help us, Lord. If anything, even just a little bit more, to be open to how you speak, to be open to how you lead. God, that, we, that your Holy Spirit, even this morning, begin to, to open our hearts and our minds to his activity in our lives, to him making us aware of your presence. Father, that you will help us to reject fear and embrace your love and your good plan, to embrace the good news of Jesus Christ. Lord, we love you and praise you. Amen. In Romans chapter 9 is going to be our main text of the day. Romans chapter 9, verse 1. This is Paul speaking to a group of Jews. And he says this. With Christ as my witness, I speak with utter truthfulness. My conscience and the Holy Spirit confirm it. My heart is filled with bitter sorrow and unending grief. For my people, my Jewish brothers and sisters, I would be willing to be forever cursed, cut off from Christ, if that would save them. The main idea that I'm talking about this morning that we're going to be launching off this morning is this. Is that living open to the mystery of who God is allows you to live out the purposes that God has for you. 
Let me say that again. Living open to the mystery of who God is allows you to live out the purposes that God has for you. I challenge you to later on today, not now, because I need you to listen for a little bit, but to read the rest of Romans chapter 9. It's a heavy scripture. It's a weighty scripture. There are some things in there that have caused dialogue for thousands of years within the church. Go through and read the rest of that chapter. Hear the things that Paul is wrestling with and hear the challenges that are present in his life. But most importantly, see the mystery that is present in that chapter. The things that Paul addresses in saying, yeah, this is true, and just kind of leaves it there and accepts it and embraces it as well. See, Paul in this scripture verse, it's a challenging verse and it's a challenging chapter for us because Paul says some very clear things and gives us some great doctrine in this chapter. But more importantly, Paul shows us in this incredible principle as he's living out and speaking this scripture verse that there are things about God that we will not understand. There are things about God that will never be settled in our own minds. But if we are able to accept those things in faith, and we're able to trust the things that God has made clear to us, that God will reveal to us his plans and his purposes. One of the biggest things that we get frustrated with as a follower of Christ, that walking out this this day-to-day life with Jesus is, is how am I supposed to be doing this thing? Am I doing it right? Am I making the right decisions? I've got this sense, I just talked about a few minutes ago, that that I I want God to kind of just literally be like directing me and guiding me. Like, take this step, go here, do this, say this, don't say that, have this attitude. Here, you know, put a smile on your face. I'm going to give it to you for you, you know. Like, we kind of want God to be directing us that way. Like, we're his puppets, and he's going to say, good, you've chosen me, great. Here's the shirt, and I'm going to tell you exactly where to do and where to go, and you can't think on your own. But at the same time, we wrestle with that. Because that's not who God's created us to be. He's created us to be unique. He's created us to be individuals that live individual, unique lives for his glory. He's created us to experience life in him and through him, but to do something that he's called us specifically to do. And so we struggle. We have this inner battle, and so it comes down to it. God, I want want to know what this thing's about. I want to understand what it's about. I want to understand what you're calling me to do and what I'm supposed to do. God, there's some stuff going on in my life right now that I don't understand. And, and, you know, that bald pastor that I have, like, he keeps saying, you know, that everything works out for my good. Now, I can't see how this is going to work out for my good. Like, I mean, when we're in in, in service and and we sing these songs, like, there's moments, God, that I'm singing them. and And I know they're there, but I just don't feel them here. Because there's some things that I've got to make some decisions on and I don't know what to do. God, I am desperate for you to reveal your will to me. To show me why I'm going through this. Why am I dealing with this? Like, why is this present? If you're a good God, like, why is this going on? Right? I mean, have you ever been there in those moments where you're just saying, just, I want to know. Like, God, what's going on? Just give me a sign. Tell me what to do. Is it Lucky Charms or Fruit Loops? Please just tell me. I just want to know. And God says, listen, I'm not going to tell you sometimes. Sometimes he says, I'm going to tell you, but I'm going to tell you in a couple months because right now you're not ready to hear the answer. Sometimes he says, I'm going to tell you through that person. Until you're willing to listen to that person, you're not going to know the answer. There's this mystery. There's this intrigue. There's this thing that goes on that's present in who God is that makes us uncertain of what is happening. Paul, in this chapter He's preparing to speak to Jews. And if you go through and you read this entire chapter, 
and put it in this context, it's overwhelming. Paul is getting to speak to the Jews, and he's telling the Jews, hey, so, just want you to know, God's rejected you, and he's chosen to give his relationship to the Gentiles. Just want you to know that. And there's pretty much not a way for you to turn that around. If there was, that would be good for you. In fact, I'd be willing to die and go to hell. Like, I just love how Paul sometimes says that, right? Like, he's, like people just like, man, Paul's just a little extreme. He just says things a little intensely sometimes. I'm like, I don't like that guy, right? He's just like, listen, hey, I, man, if I have to go to hell so you can accept God and accept his new plan, that would be awesome. But you're not going to do it, right? I mean, this is what he's saying to the Jews, and he's getting ready to speak to I mean, can you imagine how tough that is? Can you imagine the decisions that Paul had to make to be in that moment to say, hey, listen, I'm getting ready to tell these people who've been following God for thousands of years as his chosen select few people that God led out of one place and through a river and done all of these miraculous things like these people. I'm just going to let them know that God's rejected them. And he's decided, and he's doing something else, and he's revealing his fuller plan and purposes and they're going to be left out of it if they don't turn things around. Like, that's the moment that Paul's in. Like, that's a tough moment, right? Can you ever imagine that? Like, you feel like the anxiety if you're a parent where you're talking to your kids. And you're like, hey, so, <laughs> hey, I know you wanted a puppy, but you're not getting a puppy, right? <laughs> you're getting a stuffed puppy. Here you go, right? And just the anxiety that you have, you know, of just like, hey, I know I said this, but uh, this is what you're getting. Those moments that we have where there's just like, uh, this is, <laughs> I don't know if I want to do this. See, in this moment, Paul is living out this huge moment and he's speaking to these people, but he's not just speaking to them clearly. He's revealing to us in our own lives how we can live out this plan that God has for us. See, Paul's in this moment where he's getting ready to speak to these Jews and he could look at it and say, all right, there's some tough things that I've got to decide here. A lot of these people were like my closest of friends. A lot of these people that I'm speaking to, possibly, who knows, right, followed Paul. Because Paul was a massive leader in the Jewish tradition. And so Paul was there. And, and so maybe there's people that even followed him. And Paul's saying these things. He had to make some difficult decisions. There were some serious consequences that Paul was facing in this moment. In our lives, when we get scared of the mystery of who God is or what he's called us to do, we begin to actually walk away from those things because we can't understand it or we can't make sense of it. And in those moments, what happens is, is we actually put ourselves in a place where we're limiting ourselves from living the full life that God has promised us through Christ. That because we have to make a tough decision, because we have to do something that we know is going to have a consequence, we say, I don't know if I want to do that. And instead of following or instead of dealing with or instead of doing the things that we need to do, we actually step back from them. And in doing that where we think we're making life easier for ourselves, we're actually stepping back from the fullness of the life that God wants us to live and to know. And Paul's modeling and Paul is saying, listen, even in those moments, you have to do everything you can to understand that you're not gonna understand everything. There are gonna be things about God and about his plan that are mysterious and that don't make sense. But when you live open to those things, you will see and begin to live out the purposes that God has for you. Paul stepped into these divine moments, these difficult moments that were challenging. And he didn't look at them and say, that's impossible. There's no way that's going to work out. Do you know what they're going to say to me? You know what's going to happen to me? Do you know what I'm going to lose? Like Paul stepped into it and said, hey, I'm willing to do anything and everything I can. 
God, I want to step into that moment. God, I want to know that moment. God, I want to see what is going on because Jesus had so deeply impacted him and what Jesus had done on the cross, it was so deeply rooted in who Paul was that it changed his views on his situations and in fact became his motivation for what he did in everyday life. And that's what needs to happen in our lives, that we be open to who God is and we be open to his plan and that that plan actually determine what we're doing in our day-to-day life. How we speak, where we go, the things that we do, they should be determined and motivated solely from the gospel of Jesus Christ. Who he is, what he did, and what we see and experience that to be in our own lives. The Holy Spirit, Jesus tells us this, is the Holy Spirit was given us to us to live a life of power. But oftentimes, we decide to live powerless lives because we don't want to make the decisions that are right in front of us. We, we want the big decisions to be made for us, but in order for us to understand those big decisions, there are small decisions that we have to make that are right in front of us. And sometimes we get stuck in the trap of saying, God, what's your will? What's your purpose for me? What are you supposed to do for me? Am I supposed to move there? Am I supposed to move here? Am I supposed to do that? And God is saying to you, I want you to go to work today with a positive attitude. You're like, dude, that has nothing to do with whether or not I'm moving to another state. I'm I'm talking about, I'm praying to you about uprooting, uprooting my family. And just so you know, I'm not literally praying this right now, just to let you know. All right. It's an example. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? Like we're in these moments and we're like, God, like, do you realize how big this is? And like, why you just keep coming back? Spend time with me in the morning. How's that help me right now? <laughs> God, that, that's not very clear, right? God's gonna speak to us some moments. Or maybe he speaks to you and says, I want you to go talk to that person. Or you know what, that boss that you have a hard time with at work, I want you to go and I want you to speak to them. I want you to be Jesus to them. Do you know what that's going to cost me? Do you know what that's going to be? It's a decision in that moment to say, God, I see what's in front of me. And God, I'm going to step into that. I'm not going to look at that situation and say, what's the point of it? I'm going to step into it and say, God, you have a purpose in it. You have a plan in it. I don't understand it right now, but God, I'm going to step into it. You've called me to live a life of power as your child as your follower, you, your Holy Spirit is present in my life and everywhere I'm supposed to go, I'm supposed to, through the Holy Spirit, make your presence known. God, if that's where you want me to do it and that's how you want me to do it, God, I'm gonna do it. I'm, I'm gonna step into that moment. I'm, I'm gonna step into what you have for me there. See, oftentimes we live settled and reserved lives and we pull back because we're waiting for God to give us something that he doesn't even want to give us. We're praying for comfort. We're praying for an answer to a prayer. We're praying for provision. And that's the very thing that's gonna steal the joy and the faith that God knows that we need to live tomorrow. And God's not answering those prayers. He's not answering those situations because he knows it's gonna rob us of what we need to live a full life for him. And we're saying, but God, I'm not getting that. So we pull back and we become reserved and we become isolated. But in those moments, really what's happening is is God is waiting for us just to turn to him and say, I trust you. I'm going to follow you. Let's just do this thing. God, this step doesn't make sense, but I know it's a step you've given me. And I'm going to do it. I'm going to step into it. I'm going to do it with boldness. And I'm going to do it with the power of the Holy Spirit. Because God, I want to live a big life for you. Tim Keller said this. He said, the world values power, comfort, success, and recognition. Jesus frees us to value grief, sacrifice, weakness, and exclusion. 
There are challenging things that we're going to be called to as followers of Christ. And trusting God in those moves us closer to him. As we live out God's purposes for us, and this is, this is one of those things, right? So this is the mysterious things of God. We want to understand more of who God is and what he's called us to do and how he's called us to live this life. Here, here's how it begins, all right? Follow me on this. Is that as we live out God's purposes for us, we are freed to know his purposes for us. Right, you following me on that? As we begin to live out God's purposes for us, we are freed to know God's purposes for us. That's the way that God works when he calls us into something. And we just say, listen, God, I want to live my life for you. I want to live in the power of the Holy Spirit. I want to do what you've called me to do. We've got these things that are in our heart and our mind. God, what is your will? What am I supposed to do here? He will answer those when he needs to and when it is right for him to do so. So that we can grow closer to him and know him. But the way to get there is to say, what is your purpose for me now? And what have you given me to do in this moment? God, I want to walk in that. I want to embrace in that. And I want to step into that moment. Paul here in this chapter is speaking to them. And he's saying in, in all of chapter 10 to the Jews, you need to be in control of too much. You need rules for everything. And it's costing you everything. Listen, when we go through life and we get to this place where we prescribe how God is supposed to lead us, he no longer is the God of our lives. When we begin to dictate, this is how you're supposed to speak to me and this is how you're supposed to lead me, then he's no longer God. What we need to do is be in a place where we say, God, you're God, and I understand that. There are things that I understand about you and there are things that I don't understand about you. The things that I understand, I wanna grow deeper into those. I want those things to sink deep into who I am. I want the truth of Jesus to change everything about me. I want it to change the way I look at things. I want it to be the motivation of what I do in my everyday life. And God, as that happens, I'm gonna step out. I'm gonna do the things that you've called me to do, knowing that as I do that, you're gonna keep showing me more and more of what you want me to do. But sometimes we get in this place, I, just give me the rules. Give me the, give me the flow chart, Jesus, right? Like, give me the flow chart. I don't care how it looks. I don't care what font you use, but give me a, just give it to me. I need an instruction manual. And God says your instruction manual is to love that neighbor next door that is very unlovable. <laughs> I don't like that, right? I, I don't know if I can do that. I don't know if that's in the rule book. And God says, no, it's in the rule book. It's actually very clear. It's one of the very few things I want you to hold to as a rule. I, I want you to embrace in your life every single day. And as we read through the scripture here in Romans chapter 9, verses 1 through 3, Paul says something very interesting. He says, my conscience and the Holy Spirit. When you find yourself in spots where you're trying to determine God's will and you're trying to understand and clarify some things in your life, every single person that is alive has a conscience. We have something in us, unless it's just been completely bankrupt and destroyed by decisions that you've made, and even then, there's still something in every person that helps them to sense and feel wrong from right. We have this conscience. And as followers of Christ, the Holy Spirit comes and like supercharges and empowers our conscience. Have you ever found yourself in a moment where you said something and instantly 
after you said it, you're like, oh my gosh, I shouldn't have said that. And it's just something small, right? Like, I mean, it's like, you know, I'm a parent, so I talk about parenting a lot. Like, I, there's moments where I say things to my kids just to get them to shut up, right? And, and then when I get done, I'm just like, that was not the right thing to say, and that was not the right heart, and man, do I feel guilty. That's, that's the Holy Spirit working in my life. It is the Holy Spirit working with my conscience to say, this is not right. This is not who God wants you to be. This is not how God wants you to live. It's this guardrail that God gives us in our life so that we could follow the plans that he has for us. When you're trying to figure things out and you're trying to see, is this what God wants me to do? Is this where God wants me to go? Then you just get this sense and get this feel. Does it feel right? Does it feel like something that I should do? Each and every one of us has the ability to do that. I'm gonna give you some three clarifying questions here in a moment. We'll get to those in just a little bit. But one of the things that I just wanna hit here real fast is, is when I even think of my own story and following Christ, it's just so comical to me. I don't know if I've shared the story or not, so if I have, just bear with me and smile anyways, right? Um, but when I got saved, um, I, so I grew up in church my whole life as a pastor's kid. And church for me and God for me was basically a part of our routine. That's what we did. When, when I was 13, I started thinking some things and noticing some things, and, and I really began to question a lot about God. So I kind of did my own thing and walked away for a while until I was about 19 years old. And when I was 19 years old, on January 17th, God just jumped into my life in an incredible way and literally changed me in a moment. I, I was a different person. I had been to the altar call. I grew up in an Assemblies of God church. I had been to an altar call and given my heart to Jesus thousands of times, right? But this time there was something different. Something literally changed on the inside of who I was. I, I changed my actions. I started changing my relationships. Habits that I had not been able to give up just were gone in an instant. Yeah, there were still challenges, there were still all kinds of things, but I literally was a different person. I changed relationships centered around who God was and what was right for me to grow closer to him. Like, I mean, it was all just in an instant. And I remember when it been a few months and dad and I were driving in the car and he just kind of looked over at me and he said, Jamie, so like, what are you doing with your life? You know, at this time I was in uh, junior college and I was studying business and my plan was to get my associates in business and go to a culinary school so I could open up my own restaurant and that's what I wanted to do. And so while I'm there in school and, and just saying that's what I'm gonna do, I was getting more and more disgruntled with it and not really excited about it. And so when dad asked me that question, I looked at him and I said, dad, I'm gonna apply to Southeastern University and I'm gonna go be a youth pastor. And the instant that I said it, it was the first time that he and I had heard that or thought that. <laughs> it was as if someone else said these words for me and then I like was gone for a while and watched myself say them and then came right back, right? And I'm just like, huh, <laughs> that just happened. And dad looks at me, he's like, for real? And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> for real. And, and, and as I began to pursue that, there were things that I became every day more and more aware of what I needed to do and how I need to live my life in order for that to become a reality. There were conversations that I had to have with people. There were things that I had to do and I did them with ease 
Because I was walking in grace and I was walking with the sense that God's called me. And if he's called me, he's going to help me. And I don't know, I literally had no clue. I mean, the funny thing about it is, is when I got to Bible school and I'm in my dorm and people are moving in, people are walking up to me, hey, so what are your thoughts on Calvinism? And I'm like, yeah, I don't know, man. It's a conversation for another day. You know, I'm packing boxes right now and getting my room set up. What's Calvinism, you know, I'm like, are you, are you, you know, do you care about Arminianism or Calvinism? You know, and I'm like, what language are they speaking? <laughs> I have no clue what's going on right now. You know, what's your, what's your, God, what's your view on God's, you know, on predestination? Is that a movie I was supposed to watch? <laughs> like, I, I don't know what, what is predestination. Like, what, like, I literally, these are things going on. I, I literally, there was things that I just didn't know. And the deeper I got into college and the deeper I got into this, all of a sudden I started stacking up these rules and I started stacking up, I need to have this and this opinion and this thought on this and all that stuff. And I'm not saying those things are bad, but what happened to me was, is I began to formalize and I began to idealize who God was and how I was gonna follow him. When I first instantly encountered Christ, it was this thing that happened to me that literally changed everything about me. And it wasn't about how do I feel about this or what do I think about this or what's my position on this. It was what has God given me to do and I want to do that. See, what happens is, is the more we get into things and the more we get into following Christ and living out this Christian life is it's easier for us because we don't know how to make decisions or we don't want to make the tough decisions to create these rules or to create these processes that we've got to do things. And what happens is instead of living a life of power, we're actually living a neutered spiritual life. And when we find ourselves in that place, it is not interesting to anybody else. When you're living your life full on, have you ever met a missionary who's living their lives literally every single day on the brink of death? I, I mean, they're telling people about Jesus literally at any moment they could be shot for doing so. Hey, have you ever talked to a missionary in that spot? If you haven't, you need to. If you haven't, please tell me. We're going to bring one in. They're life-changing to encounter. You will never see anybody that smiles bigger than them. You will never see anybody that has more faith than them. You will never see anybody that is more generous than them. Why? Because they're living their life in the power of the Holy Spirit, saying, God, what is it you want me to do? How do you want me to show your presence in this world? How do you want somebody to see your glory and your goodness in this moment? God, what can I do right now? What is the decision you have for me? They're not thinking about in 20 years what retirement's gonna look like. They're thinking about what is tomorrow gonna look like for that person? What is tomorrow gonna look like for me because I help that person? That's the way they're focused and that's the way they're living. We oftentimes, we make following God way too complicated and we simplify the complicated to avoid the mystery of who he is. And what makes Christianity so amazing is the very thing we struggle with that he's in control, that he has a plan, and he's working all things out, that he's made all things possible through Jesus Christ, that today I can make a decision that literally can change my world, that today I can face something that seems impossible to me and to everybody else, and I can face it with confidence, and I can face it with assurance that God's gonna work all things out. And that's the life that God wants us to live. That's the fullness he wants us to know. That's the power that he wants us to walk in. That is the way he wants us to live. I'm gonna give you this statement of what his purpose is for us in this world. And then we're gonna walk through. I'm gonna read a scripture and I'm gonna give us three clarifying things of how we can determine God's will in our lives. 
So this is God's purpose for us. This is what he wants us to do on a regular basis, on a daily basis. This is the life he wants us to live. His purpose for us is that we know the wonder of Christ and live the power of the gospel in a way that causes others to discover life in him. In other words, God's purpose for us is to live in a way to know that he loves us and to live that so aware and to so conscious of that that we live in a way that helps others to see that God loves them. To make it even simpler, Jesus came so that we could have life, to live life full, so that we can help others to see the full life that is available in Christ. That's his purpose for us, is that we in this life, that we don't just go through and say, I've accumulated this, I've acquired this, I've got these skills, I've perfected this, I dotted this I and crossed this T, I followed this rule, I followed this law, I never did this and I didn't do that, I did these things. It's not to go through and to do all of those things, it's to say, I am undeserving And for whatever reason, God chose me, loves me, and has accepted me as his own. And that has changed me so radically that every day I wake up ready to do whatever he's called me to do. I'm ready and I'm willing. And whatever decision I have to make, I'm willing to make. And I'm able to make because his Holy Spirit is present in my life. In 2 Timothy 1, verse 7. Says this, for God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self discipline. So never be ashamed to tell others about our Lord. And don't be ashamed of me either. Even though I'm in prison for Him, with the strength God gives you, be ready to suffer with me for the sake of the good news. For God saved us and called us to live a holy life. He did this not because we deserved it, but because that was his plan from the before the beginning of time, to show us his grace through Christ Jesus. And now he has made all of this plain to us by appearing, by the appearing of Christ Jesus, our Savior. He broke the power of death and illuminated the way to life and immortality through the good news. If we live our lives determined by the world, we become very selfish and self-centered. If we follow the rules and the rights of religion where we have to earn God's favor and God's love, we find ourselves in a place where we become territorial and cling to certain things instead of living for God, his presence and his glory. When we live our lives for Christ, when we live our lives in the power of the Holy Spirit, we're able to live a life that is sacrificial and giving and kind and loving and one that is marked by power and fullness. So when you find yourself in a place where you gotta make a decision, it could be a small decision, it could be a big decision, but you find yourself in that place where you say, God, I I just wanna know what you want me to do. Don't get discouraged in that moment because you don't have the clear-cut answer. Don't, don't, Don't walk away from the moment because you don't feel like God's speaking to you. Don't get angry because the answer you got is a small answer, an answer that you didn't wanna get. In that moment, I want you to ask yourself three questions. I've got them listed out in the notes for you. You can write them down now. You can listen to the podcast and write them later. You can take the heart of them and make up your own questions. 
but ask these three questions. And the reason I want us to ask these three questions is because the motivation of our actions, it reveals to us, as we talked about earlier, through our conscience and through the Holy Spirit, if this is what God wants us to do. When we ask these questions, if we, if we look at the way that we're doing things, if we see the reason that we're doing them, what is the, what's motivating me to make this decision or to not make this decision? If we look at that and we be sensitive to what we feel like God is speaking to us, then we begin to understand and to walk into the things that God wants us to do. Here's the first question. Am I doing this to move closer to and deeper into the things of God? Am I doing this to move closer to and deeper into the things of God? See, Paul, he's speaking to the Jews. He's not up there saying, I've got everything figured out, and you're a bunch of idiots, you need to figure it out. Paul's saying to them, I love Jesus so much. He's so radically changed my life. He's changed the way I see things. He changed just what I cared about. He changed everything, what I'm willing to do. I'm willing to rejoice when I'm in prison. I'm willing to rejoice when I'm being beaten. I'm willing to rejoice when I have a ton. And I'm willing to rejoice when I have nothing. This is what Jesus has done to me. This is how he's changed me. And listen, you, my friends, I'm willing to say the hard things. I'm willing to say the challenging things, not in condemnation, not to be a jerk, not to prove myself in self-arrogance, but to say, the way that Jesus has changed me, he could change you. And this is God's heart. You are his chosen people. He wants you to know life and he wants you to know fullness of life. Don't run from it. Don't reject it. Embrace it. Paul is speaking to the Jews because he understands God's heart and God's heart has become his own heart. The decision you're making, the thing that you're facing, are you doing it or not doing it to draw you deeper and closer to God's own heart? Are you doing it to make God's heart and your will or his will more apparent and more clear to you and to others? Secondly, you can ask this question. Will my decision help others be more aware of his presence and further embrace the good news of the gospel? Will my decision help others be more aware of his presence and further embrace the good news of the gospel? It's a powerful question because that question oftentimes it gives us the strength to stop and pause and ask the Holy Spirit to give us the power to do the thing that is countercultural, to do the thing that is out of the ordinary, to do the thing and to embrace the thing that's gonna cause us Maybe harm, maybe suffering, maybe loss. But we step into it and we say, you know what? If, it, if anything, if somebody can see this decision and it can motivate them to encourage them to know God in a new way, to embrace him and to see the fullness of life in him, I'm willing and I'm ready to do it. Thirdly, how do I feel about this decision? Is there an inner peace present in my spirit? I, when, I, when I'm talking with people and I counsel people and they're facing big decisions, man, that is, that is my deal breaker for me. I, I just trust and I believe as God's word is revealing that he's given us a conscience for a reason, to know what is wrong and to know what is right. 
And I believe that if his Holy Spirit is present in my life, that the Holy, his Holy Spirit is helping me and exciting my conscience and making my conscience that's more, that much more sensitive to what his will is. And if I've got to make a decision and I'm just wrestling with it and there's just no peace about it and I'm just like frustrated and I'm like biting my kids' heads off and I'm like yelling at Michelle all the time and I'm like running the neighborhood kids down with my car just for a moment of entertainment. Like if that's where I'm at because of this, I'm wrestling with trying to choose something that's probably selfish or selfly motivated for whatever reason. And I, I oftentimes, when I find myself in that place where I'm just wrestling to that degree and there's just this turmoil and angst, I say, nope, not for me. There have been moments moving out to Virginia with no promise of salary, leaving friends and family, a team of people that want to plant a church with us, to come out here to a group of people that I don't know in a situation that I don't know, work with leaders that I don't know, and a bunch of uncertainties. I looked at that situation, and the reason we said yes, open-handedly, is because though there were a ton of complications, though there were a ton of uncertainties, though I had a bunch of people saying, you're crazy, there was this peace. I just knew that God was leading us. There's other moments. I don't have angst, and I don't have peace. You know what I do in those moments? Just choose whatever I want. <laughs> Because that's the way God works. He's going to work. His Holy Spirit's going to lead you and guide you. And there's going to be moments where you have to make a decision. And you say, all right, I'm going to make this decision. And his Holy Spirit's going to speak and his Holy Spirit's going to lead. And you're going to begin to feel and sense what's wrong and what's right. And you can be clear and open to making the decision based off of that. And then there's sometimes that God says, pick A, B, make up a C. I don't care. Have fun. And you go in that and you say, awesome. God, I'm doing this, whatever I do, for your will and for your glory. If you don't want it, shut the door. Because there's other options out there. And if we could live that way as a church. If we could live that way as followers of Christ. If we could live that way as Paul is challenging Timothy. If we could live that way as Paul is speaking to the Jews, willing to do the tough things, to willing to brave the harsh circumstances and make the big decisions. If we were willing to look at it and to say, God, man, we, we make a lot of stuff really complicated. We make this following you super hard. But the reality is, is, God, you've given us a lot of answers. I need to trust the answers that you've given me. I need to embrace and understand that the things that I don't understand are things that you're going to reveal to me when I can understand them. Or there'll be things that I get to figure out in heaven. And God, right now, what I want to do more than anything is... I just want to step where you want me to step, and I want you to do what you want me to do. God, I'm willing to do it. I'm open to do it. God, I want to be where you are. I want your presence, we just sang this morning, to overwhelm me. God, I want to know that I'm where you want me. No matter what it costs, no matter what it takes, I'm willing and I'm ready. And if we're to live that type of life, empowered by the Holy Spirit to do those things, to make those decisions, that is a life that everyone's going to look at. And they're going to say, you're crazy. But I want to be around you a little bit more. That doesn't make sense. Can you tell me a little bit about why you do that? You're going to be able to speak through the Holy Spirit and show the presence of God 
and their lives. They're going to be able to accept Christ. They're going to be able to walk in the fullness of life that you're experiencing and living every day. Father, I pray that you help each and every one of us. God, to not live lives of timidity, to not live lives passively. To help us not live our lives uncertain and unclear. There's moments as a follower of Christ that I've lived my life in weakness and fear. Directed by worry. Those have been the most painful and discouraging moments. Father, I want each and every one of us that are here today, I want us to walk out and to live lives of fullness. The fullness that is promised in Jesus Christ. God, when we're faced with making decisions, when we're faced with things that are present, that we don't know what we should do, give us clarity, give us understanding. God, when we see that the decisions we're about to make are gonna cost us something, we, we see that there's gonna be some sense of suffering or, 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 or just cost that's gonna be heavy. God, help us to embrace those things and help us to see that because of Jesus, we're freed to value that place and to value the suffering of Christ and help us to make those decisions for your glory. God, help us to walk as followers of Christ in the power of the Holy Spirit for your glory. Help us to make the decisions we need to make and help us to walk in the freedom of your spirit knowing that you are present with us, that you are leading us, that you are guiding us. That even when there are things that we do not understand, that right in front of us there are things you've given us to know. And as we know those things even more, God, that you're gonna further show us more that we can know in who you are and the goodness of who you are. God, help us to walk in that power. Help us to walk in the power of your Holy Spirit. In the name of Jesus, amen and amen. Enjoy your week. We'll see you back next week.